I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. Now, John Carter's uplifting message, on top when you're down under. Welcome back, my friend. We're talking about how you can be on top even when you're down under. In this segment, I'm going to tell you about Michael and Lindy Chamberlain, a couple of very decent people who were thrown into prison for murder. At least, Lindy was for murder when they were completely innocent. Before we get to this, I'm going to talk to you about some of the, the cities in Australia. I was telling you folks in the last segment that the closer you follow the principles of the commandments of God, decency, hard work, you're just going to be on top. You're going to be tremendously blessed. And Australia, like America, was founded on Christian principles. I know a lot of people in Australia today, they just don't want to hear that. They say, no, 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 we're, we're a secular society. We have the separation of church and state. That's absolutely true. But the land down under was founded on the Bible and faith in God, and especially faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this place. I, I love the cities of Australia. I love Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth. And, and the little country towns, once or twice a year, I go over to those places and I get on the Manly steamer and I go out on, on Sydney Harbour and I, I sort of relax and I smell the salt air. <laughs> Can't help but tell you this, but the city of Melbourne for the last three or four years has been voted the best city in the world. Oh, by the Australians? No, 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 by the Americans. By the Economist magazine also. In the top cities in the world, the top 10 cities in the world, you have four Australian cities. Now, why? Because this nation was based on Christian principle. It wasn't based on the Quran. In America, there's a lot of discussion about health care. How can we help people with their bodies and with their souls? Australia is blessed to have universal health care. It came in about 40 years ago. Everybody play, pays a levy of 2% on their taxes. And even if you get sick in the outback, if you're a thousand miles from a doctor, they have the Royal Flying Doctor Medical Service and they'll send a plane a thousand miles to take care of you. So this is a blessed country. And I believe that as a country becomes wealthy, it is under an obligation to share the wealth with the people. So Australia has been called by Newsweek, and Time magazine, and The Economist more recently, the lucky country. But there's no such thing as luck. It's the outworking of unrecognized Christian principles and mo most people don't get it. They're carrying out those Christian principles 
and they don't realize where they got it from. They got it from Christ and they got it from the Bible. Remember the man who said, he said, I don't know what's going on, but he said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> so my friend, I don't believe in handouts. I believe in hand ups. But I don't believe a society will rise and bless the people when it is based on, pardon my saying this, our welfare mentality. Some stories from down under. Look at this text, John chapter 3 and verse 16. Here is one of the great texts. You know it off by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, that's taken from the King James Version. Uh, the New King James Version says he, he shall not perish, but he'll have everlasting life. I was privileged as a boy of 16 to leave home. I left home. My parents uh, had come out of the Depression. They had no money. I wanted to go to college. And so I went a 1,000 miles from home. I went way up in the north where there are crocodiles, and I drove a big bulldozer to get my fees to go to college. I believe that the harder a person works, the luckier he gets. I believe in the gospel of hard work. I went to Avondale College. This, these are some pictures of the old Avondale, founded by some American missionaries and pioneers, led by wonderful little feisty American lady whose name was Ellen White. And because she had stood on too many toes here in the United States of America, you're not going to read this in official circles, but she was sent out to the Antipodes, out to the land down under. And she loved the place. She believed that she was given a vision of Avondale College. And the church leaders said, no, it can't be done. No, it's impossible. You can't, can't raise. She raised the money and she bought the 1,500 acres of land. And then a government, a government specialist had come in and he looked at the land and he said, this land is so poor that even if a bandicoot came along here, he'd have to take his lunch with him. <laughs> she said, God has said we ought to buy this place. When I went to this college as a boy of 16, I felt, I felt the influence of the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of God. And in this chapel that you can see on the screen, in the old Avondale Chapel where the jacarandas still grow and bloom, I heard a sermon on the God-filled blank where the pastor said, inside every person there's an emptiness. And only God can fill that emptiness. I said, he's talking to me. It was because of the Americans who came. It was because Alan White bought the land. It is because people believed in the ethic of hard work that Avondale came into being. And I was there for six years. Uh, it's a story of divine guidance. I felt the hand of God on my shoulder. I felt I was walking on sacred ground. 
people will tell you that Australians are so secular they're ungodly. Well, some of them are. But if you look at the Australian $20 note, the $20 bill, on the $20 bill you have this gentleman and he is a Presbyterian minister. The Reverend John Flynn, who got on a camel and who travelled thousands of miles to bring the gospel of Christ to the people in the outback. I know the outback. I've been through the outback where you can go into the never-never land where it never-never seems to come to an end, a harsh land where in winter you can freeze to death and in summer you can quickly die because of the heat and the lack of water. And he with some other ministers came and brought the gospel. He was the man who founded the Royal Flying Inland Service. Uh, marvellous. Uh, the first planes were rented to them by Qantas Airlines. Qantas, as you all know, stands for the Queensland and Northern Territory Aerial Service. The safest airline in the world and the oldest airline in the English-speaking world. Since they've been flying jets, which is about 60 years, that never lost a passenger, never had an accident. And they loaned him one of their planes like this, and it became the plane that took a doctor who piloted the plane himself to the people in the lonely outback. He believed in evangelism. If you look at Romans chapter 10, 8 to 15, I, I want to pick out some verses. Romans 10. What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. You've got to call upon him. And the next text says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've got to call. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good news. John Flynn believed in evangelism. He believed that people without Christ were lost. That's a rare idea today. But when I was a boy at college, Beverly and I were taken down to the Sydney exhibition ground and we heard a man uh, with fire in his belly. The great American evangelist, Billy Graham, we heard him preach the gospel to 150,000 people. That's when I decided I would become a preacher and an evangelist. And this man uh, made such a profound uh, change in American morals that we miss him so much. Today, America is not as good without him. I tell you, Australia is a secular society. 
up 2016 census, 54% of Australians said they were Christians, down from about 75% a few years before. Mm. 30% say they have no religion. Australian society is heavily influenced by the American TV culture. And the media, or much of the media, has an anti-Christian bias in Australia. Anything new, my American friends? Also, of course, you have the great universities in Australia, like the great American universities, where their religion is secularism and atheism. Vain ideas. And with the growing secularization in Australia of the Australian culture and the kicking of God out the door, there is growing a growing crime rate and disillusionment. The crime is still low, but it will increase, I can tell you. Let me tell you about two of my friends. Pastor and Mrs. Chamberlain, who were dear friends of mine, they were out at Ayers Rock, Uluru is the Aboriginal word, that big, huge rock in the middle of Australia, the biggest rock in the world. And they were eating at the campfire. Lindy had just had a little beautiful baby. Its name was Zaria. She heard a cry. There's a book called A Cry in the Dark. See the movie Evil Angels with Meryl Streep. And Lindy ran to the tent and she saw a large dog emerge with something in his mouth. And she cried out, oh God, oh God, the dingo's taken my baby. This is a, I could tell you the whole story because I was emotionally involved in this and these people were my friends and these people were completely innocent. But they had a problem. They were Christians. And they belong to a little misunderstood church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And so they were tried all right. They were tried in the media, every night on television, every day, front page in the newspaper. At the first hearing, they were exonerated. And the coroner said, I will never forget it because we stayed up, we turned on our TV on Friday night to see what the verdict would be. He said, Pastor Mrs. Chamberlain, on behalf of the Australian people, we apologise to you for the terrible defamation of character you have suffered. But then a little bit later, the police from the Northern Territory, that is not even a state, it is the land of the wild buffalo and the crocodile, they sent their representatives to Avondale College and they were arrested and charged with murder. And then this is what appeared everywhere. Don't shoot animals over people, lies. Free her, no, hang her, hang her. And so the culture, the popular culture, which was so anti-Christian, my friend, um, people's views can change in a moment. You can be popular one day and you can be burnt the next. 
The trial went on, it seemed forever. In the Northern Territory. And then in the end, the jury came back and they said, Lindy Chamberlain, uh, who was already pregnant, was guilty of murder. And Pastor Michael guilty of being an accessory after the fact. See the movie. Evil Angels with Meryl Streep. So Lindy was taken and incarcerated in the tropics in Darwin. But it wasn't over. And many people started to fight for justice in spite of the media that wanted them hung. But then there came a change in circumstances. A Roman Catholic judge came on our side. The Salvation Army came out on our side. And after what seemed to be a million years, another court case was held. And they discovered a story of corruption and lying. And they were totally exonerated. That's only a little bit of the story. I tell it to you because it shows you what a media, which is anti-Christian, can do to God's people. And so Australians have in them, because of what they've seen the church do on so many occasions, Many of them have a bias against God. Right, of course, the pedophile scandals in the Catholic Church. Goodness. You talk to the average Aussie, say, is that what you call God's church? 7% of the priests are active pedophiles in Australia, in America, in Canada, in Italy, in Ireland, in Great Britain, on Spain, on and on and on. But I am fond, because I've run great evangelistic campaigns in Australia, and I say to my Aussie friends, do not use such a dumb argument against God, because God is not rightly portrayed by those who often take his name. God is not the church. God is God. Let God be God. And if you're going to talk about the bad things that Christians have done, why don't you start to talk about the bad things that atheists have done? Come on now. I say, come on. Have you heard of Russia? 50 million people murdered by atheists. And even more dreadful things for the size of the place in Cambodia. Pol Pot, these were secularists and atheists. So don't condemn God because of the deeds of some Christians, please. Don't give me this. Very recently, Cardinal Powell, a close friend of the Pope. You have the Pope, the next man, and then the Australian Cardinal in charge of the money of the Vatican. Big guy, eh? Cardinal Pell, Cardinal of Australia, just recently tried and sentenced 
by the court in Victoria and found guilty of being the pedophile in chief. Now, he's asked for an appeal and therefore we should not say that he is guilty. The Chamberlains were innocent, you know. And there is too often today among unbelievers an inbuilt bias against Christians. I am probably the last person to defend the Pope or his Cardinal. But I would say, as an Australian would say, let him have a fair go. And let us consider the evidence. But all of this has burnt and seared the sunburnt souls. But I say to our detractors, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Be intellectually and morally honest. Don't confuse Christ with those who profess to follow him. Christ is not the church. And then you had the influence of President Obama, tremendously popular. And Australia stood out against same-sex marriage, a secular country. They said it's wrong. It goes against culture and against the Bible. But then they had a referendum and they went with President Obama and said, we will have same-sex marriage. Now, some people have predicted the demise of the Christian church in Australia, but I want to tell you, don't count it out yet. I've got some amazing things to tell you. I won't get through it today, but I will next week. There are 4 million kids enrolled in Australian schools. 65% go to government schools. 35% more than one-third go to independent schools, mainly Christian schools. Roman Catholic, Church of England, Adventist and other schools. Wherever you go, you see great church schools, probably the most affluent in the world. More than one-third of Aussie kids go to church schools. Why? <laughs> it's funny. Because liberal parents know that a Christian education based, uh, an education based on Christian principles is best. So secular parents send their children by the millions to church schools. Now, if you go out to Australia... And if you talk to many Aussies, you'll think the church is ready to be buried. It doesn't matter. It's finished. Oh, ho, ho. Go to Sydney, my friend. And in the city of Sydney, which is a... I love Sydney. It's my old hometown. Here is a church in Sydney. One of the biggest Christian churches in the world. It's in Sydney. It's sending missionaries to Los Angeles. Don't laugh. Why not? You know, you laugh and say, we don't need it. You, who are you kidding? Of course we do. They are sending missionaries to America, to Los Angeles and New York and London, and they're building churches like this, vast churches, and the congregations are composed of young people. 
So we would say to the people who say the church is over, look at this. And as the Australians would say, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> you can't kill it, my friend. Uh, recently, I was in Sydney, the city that I love so much. I feel at home in Sydney. Very safe city, very little crime. You can wander around at any time of the day or night and you're not going to get hurt, generally. I was in the heart of Sydney and I saw these people pouring into the Sydney City Mission, which is run by the Methodists. thought, oh, this is dead. Nobody will be here. Oh, ladies in high heels, men in their business suits, they were going into this place for a Bible study. <laughs> Bible study. Then I wandered a block and I went to the Church of England uh, Cathedral, Anglican Cathedral. I got there at noontime and people were studying the Bible. You can't kill it. I don't care what people say or what people do. Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the church was not built upon Cardinal Pell and it wasn't built upon the Pope. The church was built upon the rock Christ Jesus. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so next program, I'm going to take it further and tell you more stories from down under. But I want you to know this. If you and I, whether we be Aussies or Americans or Brits or whatever, if we follow the truths of the Bible, we are going to be remarkably blessed and we will be on top even when we're living down under. There's only one thing that really counts in this lifetime your relationship to Christ. And then if you have a right relationship with Christ, you want to tell people about Christ. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. By the grace of God, we're going to do that. We are doing that. That is why we're going back to Cuba, to this communist land, to preach Christ. We're accepting an invitation to go to the the vast, huge city of Manila, the capital of the Philippines, been there before, but by the grace of God, we're going back. Please support us and please stand with us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. You say, how do you do it? Who, who pays the bills? We do. Do you get any help, financial help from the church? No, my friend, we don't. But we get a lot of help from God and from his children. Please support us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. It's the most important work in all the world. Everything else is almost trivia. So would you please write to me? John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Do your best for Jesus. Do your best for the gospel. And in Australia, write to me at Terrigal. And we promise you this, 
Every dime, every dollar is going to be used to win souls to our Lord Jesus Christ. Please write to me today. Thank you and God bless you. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.